Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wide Wonders Get on the Bus podcast, where we try very hard to think lightly of ourselves and deeply of the world we live and love it. Our mission at Wide Wonder is to talk about addiction and mental injury stigma. Why? Stigma is everywhere. It's in our policies. It's in doctor's offices. It's in individuals, even those suffering from addiction and mental illness. And it holds everything back. It holds back needle exchanges, even though for decades, studies have repeatedly found that needle exchanges help prevent the spread of diseases such as HIV and Hep C that can spread through used syringes while not increasing overall drug use. It holds back widespread adoption of addiction medicine, despite all the empirical evidence that it is effective. Medications are actually considered the gold standard of care for opioid addiction. Yet, they're rejected because people addicted to drugs are still being blamed for their condition. And sadly, the majority of treatment providers look at it as a crutch rather than an ally. This stigmatized lens is sadly responsible for the loss of life, and we need to knock it off. Stigma holds back context for how people end up becoming addicted. It holds back people understanding the differences between dependence and addiction. It holds back family healing, so important. Finally, stigma, it holds back compassion and empathy, two of the most powerful ingredients needed to move people towards wholeness and healing. So some years ago, 15, actually 16 to be exact, I met this woman, but 15 years ago, I married her. I honestly didn't think I was capable of marriage, certainly not long-term, but here we are. But for sure, I never ever thought that we'd buy a school bus, convert it to a tiny home, sell our 2,500 square foot home, home or slash bus school the kids. All this proving once again that you think you know, but you really don't. Life is full of amazing surprises, twists, and turns. Enjoy the ride. I sure have. And I also hope you enjoy this conversation with my beautiful wife, Robin. And if you do, please give us a review on iTunes. It would be much appreciated. Without further ado, let's get on the bus. Well, she's already on the bus. Let's get on the bus with Robin Cruz Harrington. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Get on the Bus podcast. This is a, uh, a special podcast in that for two reasons. It's we're in the about the middle of this trip. Um, we're calling this the Hump Day podcast, and it's also our wedding anniversary. And these are monumental days uh, because of the trips that they both encapsulate <laughs> the trip of being marriage, uh, married and the trip of being on the bus wide wonder. And so we wanted to kind of talk about, um, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like today, just to kind of talk about this as it has happened so that we can kind of for ourselves and for the people who listen to the podcast, um, you know, where we're at today. And so let's do that. And my guest obviously is, the one I'm married to now for 15 years, and the one who is the co-creator of Wide Wonder, the co-creator of Lily and Chloe, and um, we want to just talk about this. So, what are your what are your thoughts at Hump Day on this trip? Well, it feels like Hump Day, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, 
I'm proud of us. You, we had an idea um, and we had nothing to go on. We created this idea and this concept of white wonder and how we can help people end the stigma for mental illness and addiction. Um, we had nothing really to go on. We, we tried this concept of coupling this need to get out and to um, provide our girls with a lesson um, of a lifetime um, that inspires them to follow their dreams, to give back to our community and to not give up when things get hard. And we put that together with this um, business project of really furthering our careers as mental health advocates. And that hasn't been done before that I know of. And so we could come up with this kind of a strategy and this, these ideas and the way we want the events to be. But you've always said to me, you know, where does the ideal meet reality? And hump day is, is that, you know? Yeah. I think after seven months of being on the bus, we're finally starting to find out what this mission is and what it will lead to when we get off the bus. Yeah, there's depth now. I think that's what happens once you experience mm -hmm. what you're experiencing is you get depth. At the first, it's just shallow, it's ideal, it's mm -hmm. it's um, idealistic and it's exciting, it's all those things. And then you do it and you gather this depth as you go along. I do wish, obviously, I do wish I knew then what I know now. Of course, that's yeah, it's <laughs> like the quandary I, of all time. Like I, you know, I wish I knew it for the budget, I wish I knew it for um, the locations yeah. um, that But then be... it wouldn't be as exciting. No. You know, you think about that. It's like, yeah. you think you want to know, but would you really want to know? Yeah, I mean... Because it just know. would not be the same. Life wouldn't be the same if you knew anything. If you, if you, if you had the opportunity, the option to pull the curtain at any time you wanted because you were scared or you were like, whatever, and it gave you a, you know, it gave you a hint. Yeah. It would ruin life. You know what I mean? It wouldn't, there wouldn't be awe and wonder. Yeah, it just true. wouldn't be the same. I mean, we've learned so much. I will say one of the most interesting things that I've learned, though, T, is, um, I mean, I, it didn't surprise me how many people were out there trying to help end this stigma. But what I will say, I had no idea that all of these amazing organizations hardly work together. Yeah, they were competing for the same dollars, the nonprofits. That's what we kept hearing, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, while I super understand it, it breaks my heart. Yeah, it's it's the nature of the beast, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like how do we help people if we can't come together as a collective and raise that voice? Yeah. How much change would we make? Yeah. That's... Yeah. that's that's kind of the hump day feeling right now. Yeah. It's like, what do we do with all the knowledge that we know and also the limitations that we have? Yeah.
Yeah, it's important. It's important because that gives it context in terms of where do we go from here, right? Mm -hmm. Going forward. It's like when I coach families, I always think like, you know, the family because of mental illness and addiction gets blown apart. You know, they may have been a certain amount of closeness before all of that stuff started to happen and the challenges, and then they get blown apart. And then they're in their separate silos, we'll call it, and then they come together, but they don't organize around the person and the common cause. They organize around addiction and mental illness. And so the humanification of it, the humanity of it, the overarching importance gets lost, right? And so I feel like all of those different organizations are kind of like silos and we need to figure out how we can reframe this so people can integrate and come together the common values and then and then blow it up. Because it's almost like knowing the obstacles is actually a lesson that propels us forward. That's right. Because now that we know that there are obstacles, we get to redefine the strategy because there is one just because yeah. it's never been done before just like in the families just because we've never related like that before yep. doesn't mean that there's not a way right or a different angle and yes. i think that you and i are in the process of discovering that angle so that yeah. when we're off the bus we are not defeated we're actually empowered to make the changes where we can right Right. This whole thing was based on an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity. And I often say that to, to the mothers that I talk to or the fathers or whomever. I always say, like, you know, this feels like something that's so, like, dark and hard. And, yes, all that's true. But really, the theme that we need to hold on to is opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity to reorganize in a way that you never could have imagined because you focus on that opportunity. Right. That opportunity is for you because of all the challenges like you said so that's what i feel like we've organized i feel like that's the parlay so i have a question for you then if this is hump day and that is our realization what would be the ideal outcome when we're off the bus knowing what we know now an organization that that can bring people together based on their common values still have your uniqueness, right? Mm -hmm. Like an individual in a family system, you get to respect the uniqueness of that person's values Mm -hmm. because they may not all be the same as yours. So you focus on the ones that are common and you build around the common values. Um, And you empower the other person by respecting those values. And And then, but when we come together, like our family unit, we can come together because we have a lot of common values. But at the same time, we get to respect the differences. And that's really important for a healthy system. So in order to parlay this, we need to figure out how to change the world together. Mm -hmm. Right? Because each person is like, I'm going to change the world. And it's more like, no, we're going to change the world. Right? And so how do we do that? And that's what I want to continue to ask about and question and figure out. That's really where I feel most motivated. I think that's definitely. Right? Yeah. I think that's. Because I, you know, we can, I can, I talk a lot about obstacles because that's actually the way my brain works. I'm always seeking the negative to fix it, you know, um, which is not something that I actually like about myself and something that I um, am trying to change on the bus. But I think it is also important that when I talk about the negative, 
I acknowledged how the power in these small nonprofits that have worked tirelessly to make changes in their community. And it's not that they don't want to work together, they do. It's just very difficult for them because they're trying to fund their causes, yeah. you know, to make these changes. So it's not that they're these kind of, it's, it's not that I'm trying to put them down. I acknowledge what they do and everything that they contribute because they do contribute. And let's face it, we do need to be happy with, you know, the people that they as communities touch. I just hold the hope, and maybe it's naive, but I hold the hope in how they get to, how we get to come together, you know, and I'm hopeful that there is a way. Yeah. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm, but I'm hopeful. Well, I think in images and I think of, you know, just take like a list of all these different organizations that we follow on Instagram or mm -hmm. that we follow on Facebook. And you think, you know, there's crossover. There's people who are attracted to each person's leader or each person's mission statement. And so all mm -hmm. those, there's commonality in there. And then I think like, where's a place that we could all gather where we bring our followers or our likers or whatever you want to call them to all come together and decide and ferret out what our common values are and how that common voice is so important to make change, right? Each individual makes the common whole powerful. And what is that that we all want? What is it that we can all agree that is incredibly common to our humanity? And I always think like it's at our core, we are cooperative people. Yeah. We are not competitive by nature. We're more cooperative by nature. And so let's remember that. Let's, let's remember I, that. Piece I have of no this. doubt that these people that work tirelessly for these causes don't want that too they want the same things that we want it's just that they're they're governed by you know they're governed by you know rules and regulations and and also dictated by money which is is something that keeps us all stuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, we met somebody in Boston who was, they literally had to change their business model because they weren't going to make it. They weren't going to be able to do it by just competing for the grant money and, and, and those kinds of things. It just wasn't going to happen for them. And so I really appreciate their innovation that mm -hmm. they decided to go for fee for hire and then use the money they made in the corporate world to fund the organizations that couldn't afford normally what they yeah. were offering. Yeah. And that's a great innovation. Yeah. You can stay on message and stay on purpose and stay true to your to your mission. You know, you don't have to just I mean they didn't stop. They figured it out. And I think yeah. that's what we all get to do collectively is to yeah. figure it out, to to get to start thinking creatively and innovatively. And that means in each organization we gotta get outside of ourselves. We got to detach a little bit and come together and say, let's work this out because collectively our voice is way more powerful than separate. And we want to maintain separateness in our own little niches and our own little 
our beliefs and our organizations are super important. I mean, I've been impressed oh my across God, the so board. So many of them. Yeah. So, so, I mean, just Like the band I'm... who lost a person to suicide. They started something in Austin. I can't remember their name, but it was just these stories were so impactful because mm -hmm. people want to help. They want change. And but, oftentimes but it's hard. in Dallas, going to Dallas and knowing how many nonprofits there are, but being so surprised that not they don't all know about each other. Right. Like I think, oh so my. So a database. Right? Right, like a common database. Exactly. In each, in each town that says, here's where we gather. At yes. Least on the World Wide Web. And maybe there's, maybe there's funding that goes into the gathering of that. I yeah. don't know. I, right. I'm, yeah. I know that there is another level that everyone is longing to take yeah. because it's not like these not it's not like this has just started. We have just started our adventure. Yeah. And in a way, you know, I feel like we're very naive. But I know that these people have been going, you know, like Samaritans in Boston have been going for fifty years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, super impressive. What so a impressive. Cool organization. You know? Yeah, that was and she was she was very um, the woman who'd been there for for so long was so gracious and oh so sharing with us her experience and yeah. her experience was that what I took away from it was like you need to find somebody somewhere with the power yeah and organize and, and organize around that power uh, in a way that helps move things along yeah and. And the collective power of all these really cool organizations that we've met in all these towns and cities is, to me, is the game changer. It's, it's, the, it's the willingness to come together and say, we'll be under one umbrella as far as the loudest voice. Yeah. We'll stay our individual organizations, mm -hmm. and then, but we'll come together because that's how you can move and shift change faster and more efficiently. Yeah. We try to do it alone and it's so hard. It's kind of like, it's kind of like recovery or healing from your mental illness or addiction. You try to do it alone yeah. because you feel powerful. At the same time, you feel frustrated and you feel challenged and all that stuff. And, but ultimately the answer is you do it in relationship with others. That's how it works. Yeah. It's the only way that you can actually get out in front of it. It's you know, to come together. It's, it's yeah. That's the it, good news. Yeah. It does strike me as we're speaking about this, how, you know, we've exper been experiencing it for seven months and I can't imagine what all these organizations that have existed for so long and have done so much amazing work yeah. um, have been experiencing for this long, yeah. you know. Um, their frustrations. I mean, she talked about the frustrations of Samaritans. I mean, it's just the thing that you have to deal with. It's just part of a it's part of the culture of change is, you know, the struggle. You know? Yeah. And that's. I wish I had all the money in the world to give to them. You know, it's it um, oh, yeah. brings up a a bigger issue of the money that we provide this cause. And as much as, you know, substance use disorder and mental illness on a system level, the little that we give give to this population, the benefits, the access to care, the initiatives for um, becoming therapists, the uh, 
you know, everything. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't give enough to these individuals. The individuals who are struggling. Right. We don't give them enough. Support. We we just don't give it to them. You know. If 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 one in five people are struggling, that's a massive population. Mm-hmm. And yet the dis- the difference between the amount of money that goes mm-hmm. to, you know, say the search the resources for cancer mm-hmm. is very different to what this population gets. Mm. Yeah. I think that that's the hardest thing to deal with on this bus is um, I can get so overwhelmed with how far we need to go. Yeah, my, my point of view has always been different. Uh, but that's what I love. Like, you you balance me we out. Say, because our perception is that we're far away. It's not, it, doesn't have to, it doesn't have to literally be true. It is only yeah. true because that's what we believe. So what yeah. you think is what you get. So I, because hope is so important to keep going, that yeah. the, the notion is not how far we have to go, but more how close we are. Because we are such, we are, if you look at examples, we are a people who have done great things and make great changes. Yeah. We just do. We do that individually. We do that from a family perspective and from a community and a city and a town and a state and a country and a world. We've done amazing things. Yeah. And if we always thought how far we were away, that would be not empowering. That would feel hopeless. Well, I told you at the beginning yeah. that that is where my mind always will go. And right. What do we need to fix? Right. But you're absolutely right. And I think that's what's important is that there's more than one way to look at it, yeah. right? Because I know that there are people in organizations right now that are new, uh, not so new and old that yeah. feel from time to time, like, what's the point of all this? We don't yeah. look at all the death and look at all the suffering and look at all the you no, know, it can get overwhelming. It, yeah. It's that bias, you know, because if that's what you see every day, mm-hmm. you know, if you work in, like somebody wrote, I don't remember who it was, but it really hit me. They said, if you work in a emergency room as a full-time job, mm-hmm. you're going to think that maybe prohibition is a really good idea, right. right? But it isn't. Yeah. Because the bigger picture says so. But when you're up close to it, it seems very obvious that we yeah. should just get rid of, you know, we should just, prohibition is the perfect solution. Right. Because it's in your face every day. And there's clinical bias, there's treatment bias, there's personal bias, there's all those things and they make sense. We just got to know that they're in the water and that there are other ways to look at things so that we can always know that there's hope on the horizon. Right. You know? And so I always say to people, I like, I, I'll hold up my phone as like a city block or my iPad and I'll say, you know, here's destiny and here's you. And you can't see destiny. That's part of the trip is that mm-hmm. you don't get to see where it is yeah. as you're approaching the corner where you're going to meet. Otherwise, life would not be life. It would be yeah. predictable and, you know, it wouldn't be exciting, you know. Yeah. It wouldn't be a lot of other things that we'd like to get rid of, but they all come in the same package. So I always say, like, you're right here, and you're like, you, you freak out. You're like, you're like, I'm too scared, and you go the other direction, and Destiny's like, oh, you were so, so close. Fun. You were right there. Why did you, why did you do that? And it's because it's human nature. I guess that's that's the feeling though too, right? We call this 
podcast hump days because I'm feeling like it's a bit of hump day. And but that's hump day. Hump day is the other side. Yeah. There's another side. Yeah, I think I think there is the optimistic side to it that there is a lot of change happening, mm. and these nonprofits and organizations are doing everything that they can. Oh. Um, which is so empowering, which is so encouraging. And then I also, and at the same time, because I'm DBTing myself, and at the same time, I do feel the sense of urgency mm-hmm. because so many people are dying. Yeah. You know, so many people are taking their own lives. Um, yeah. Our youth, you know, more than ever before. I just... I want it to stop now. Yeah. You know, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. That's part of the motivation is every day is to avenge the loss that's already happened, like I say, and the grief on the backs uh-huh. of those people. But on the, on, the, on, the, on the flip side of somebody's loss is this grief that goes on and on and on, you know? Yeah. And, and we see examples all the time of mothers who have taken that grief and they're going to Capitol Hill and they're going to their representatives yeah. and they're saying, no more like you. This is unacceptable. And I want the death of my child to mean something. Yeah. And that is everything for me. I we yeah. get we get messages, direct messages on our Facebook from others who are struggling with their yeah. loved ones who are still alive, who are stuck in a system that has kept them trapped and that has kept them sick, mm-hmm. or at the very least not allowed them to heal, because the criminal justice system is not set up for healing. It's set up for punishment. I mean, I think and it breaks my heart. Right. It's it's the hardest thing to hear. And at the same time, it's encouraging because this mother is not giving up. She started a GoFundMe page, which I donated to. I think I'm the only one so far. It's important because they are the lifeblood of the grassroots movement. They're the ones who are boots on the ground. They're the ones who are who are motivated beyond anyone else to make sure that it doesn't happen to any other kid. I don't know why everybody is not screaming from the rooftops. Yeah. I mean, if I'm really honest... I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it's, why our government else. doesn't yeah. want to give more money to these organizations that are working so freaking hard. Yeah. I don't get that we don't want to give more access to care, that we don't want to, that our treatment facilities aren't looking at what is scientifical scientific evidence-based treatment and why we don't want to provide that or incorporate that more that they don't get the 12-step is not the only way for treatment why don't why are we not doing more like i don't understand that i don't understand that yeah well it's hard to change i mean that's the essence of it right the essence is is that change is slow and that's the frustrating part. Change is happening, but it's just too slow. Like you yeah. said, that's what you started. With that. You said, yeah. it's like, I, there's a sense of urgency here. And there, yeah. there should be a bigger sense of urgency that doesn't have to be motivated by more death. Yeah. Right. I want it to be motivated by the idea that we want long term change, not just fixes, not just not just suing big pharma and we see these big numbers, $572 million as being yeah. more, you know, Johnson's. It's like, okay, yeah, but still, what? how's that going to trickle down to the mother whose son right yeah. now is struggling in prison with addiction and trauma and all this stuff? How is it going to reach those people? Right. That's 
exactly. what makes me angry because it's cathartic, right? We're like, oh, we won. We won what? Yeah. What did we win? Yeah. What do we win? I know the lawyers won. I see new Bentleys in their future. But that's, yeah. you know what I mean? What yeah. do we, well, you can't. I guess, I guess my point is that I'm, I, I'm backpedaling a bit because I started this podcast saying how frustrated I was that we can't all work together. And, and, and I highlight the nonprofits that they're not the problem. They're mm. part of the solution. For sure. My frustration comes from a much deeper level and a much higher part of the system, if you like, mm-hmm. which is why are they not getting more and why why hasn't it happened faster? Yeah. Well, you know, if yeah. you think about it. I know why, you know why. and I these guess are, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, these are like entrenched the ones systems. That, again, it comes yeah. down to agreed as well. You know, that we have allocations of money and it's not going towards saving our people. Yeah. Our people. These are our people. These are our brothers and sisters. These are our... Well, then that's where the stigma comes in, right? right? Yeah, there are people, but, you know, it's a moral issue. One they in just five stop. people struggle. Well, they should One just get it together. One in five people. They should get it together. It's so old. It's just such old, yeah. old beliefs. It's yeah. like... What, because we can't see mental illness, it doesn't make it real? Yeah. How how can because of well, how cannot a broken brain equate to a broken arm? Just it's be, an organ. Yeah. Yeah. Why? We don't, we don't see it that way. Yeah. We need a complete restructuring of how we view these things. But yeah, you know what? I don't think our children will view it in the same way as we have. I don't think that our, our girls and their population are going to tolerate what we have tolerated. I hope not. And I agree with you. I think that the shift is going to come from them. Definitely. That's the hope. Yeah. That's my hope. I, I will tell you this. It's hump day on the bus, but we won't give up. No. This no. is a cause so much more powerful than us. Oh and I, you know... There's so many cool people out there that we've met along the oh, way yeah. and connected through through social media and people who are as as enthusiastic and as committed as we are yeah. to the long game in this. And their voices are because of social media and because of their work in the communities, boots on the ground. People are starting to listen. Communities like Seattle are starting to listen. They're talking about decriminalizing at the local level because it's not working. And they're finally making shifts, big decisions that still freak a lot of people out, right? Law enforcement thinks that, you know, creating, you know, safe consumption sites means that we're permitting drug use, that we're allowing, that we're encouraging. You know, it's this old, that's that old thinking, right? It's like we need, you know, come on now. Well, it's just naive to think, though, that there's either going to be a right way or a a wrong way and that it's going to be a hundred percent we're going to get it a hundred percent right well we've got it a hundred percent wrong in terms of the war on drugs it's a yes. dismal failure it's a that is a hundred percent wrong approach it is never realized itself based on what people expected it to do it just hasn't it's cost us a trillion dollars and it has not worked it is 
most assuredly completely the wrong approach. Mm -hmm. And it has caused so much death and grief. It is responsible as it is perpetuated over the decades. That needs to be acknowledged at the highest level mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just going to continue because within that policy, the war on drugs is an economy itself worth hundreds of millions of dollars, right. including prisons. You know what I mean? So it's going to take a lot of political will to say finally and for real this time, we are no longer going to do it the way we've been doing it and getting these crappy results. We're gonna stop doing that. And cities like Seattle are starting to do that. The rest of the world has already moved on. And there's plenty of examples all over the world of people who are progressive in their viewpoints of drugs, including countries that have literally used the death penalty when it came to drugs. They've said, you know what, this isn't working. We're gonna stop now. And it's like, wow. And, and America's like, no, we're gonna push on through because that's what Americans do. You know what I mean? That's a that's not a good philosophy when you're applying it to things like mental illness and addiction. That's just not a good philosophy. No. It doesn't take into consideration the nuance of what it is. It yeah. just completely ignores it. I guess, I, it, yeah. So that's my hope going forward post hump day is that our message becomes more and more clear, more and more defined. Mm -hmm. that it is zero stigma. That's kind of the way it's been from the beginning. But now, with all the information that we've got, it's really how do we organize people around yeah. the message of we're no longer going to look at this the way we have. We're going to change the narrative and change the face. So right. most people, a critical mass of people, accept right. that it's, it's not like, a weakness. It's like you need to get in front of the presidents of the United States these days. Yeah and educate and show the face and um, let let him know. Well, he thinks he knows, right? Our president thinks he knows. His brother had alcoholism, but his education around it is very different than the education that we have collectively from yeah. people who study it, right? Yeah. Not just Not just from a political level, but from a scientific level, level a medical level. Mm -hmm. The people, the boots on the ground, the, the stigma lab at Johns Hopkins who studies stigma. Yeah. Um, all of these different schools that are very interested in pushing the narrative in a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, globally, changes are happening quickly. We are the country that is sort of last to the party. Yeah. Where's our marches, Mr. Harrington? Yeah, where's our march? Where's our... Where's our you know, I, that's a good point, and I think that's something that can be part of white wonder going in the future, is how do we organize a march? How do we take, what would that lady call the people who are in recovery? The warriors, the... Um, uh, Arm, uh, uh, army of Wellness. Uh, army of Wellness. Wellness. Our Army of Wellness gets to organize yeah. and go to our local. Let's just start local. We don't have to go... Give a place for all those people that are already working tirelessly, a place to actually go and congregate together. Yeah. Exactly. So they could at least get to know about each other and yeah. network with each other. And we start locally, right? Towns, cities, exactly. states, and just have a rally that isn't just for recovering people and 12 yeah. step, but a rally for change, changing the narrative, yeah. changing the paradigm. Welcome yeah. to changing the paradigm 2020. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. And we're going to meet 
such and such a park and just go for it, you know? Yeah. I think that's really exciting because yeah. I think it's, again, it's almost like silos for, for gathering. It's like, we're going to gather, but just us. Yeah. And I think it needs to be all of us. Just the people who already are willing to right. end stigma. Right. Yeah. So those, those are exciting. Those are hopeful things yeah. for the future. We need a TV show too. Yeah. <laughs> How about a talk show that's just on mental health and addiction? How about a talk show that's focused on a subject that affects one in eight people in this country? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are listening but are afraid to come out and talk about it. Yeah. So why not give them a platform where they can listen anonymously? Yeah. To all of these great stories and, and all of this the, research yeah. and all of this evidence. Different people that are undergoing the recovery process in yeah. different forms, experts from different areas of yeah. expertise yeah. come in that have committed their life to it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great idea. And we can do it all on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. No. <laughs> we could do it, shoot it from the bus, some stationary. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Please? No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. I'm writing that down. Yes, write that down. Well, um, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for 15 years. Thank you for loving me the way you do. Thank you for educating me and thank you for showing me what it means to use my voice and... Um, to be okay not knowing everything and to just showing up. Yeah, you gotta show up, you gotta go out there and you know, commit yourself to something that it's, you, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. It's like that whole idea of like, what is it that at your core that is undeniably you? You know what I mean? Yeah. What is undeniably something that, if somebody was to try to take it from you, somebody said a purpose, is like a dog in its bone. Good luck getting it away from it, right? That's the search, that's the journey. And then you're tireless in your pursuits. Yeah. You can't be stopped and you get louder and more persistent and more consistent. And that's how change happens just from a personal standpoint. Right. Forget about where it goes from there. Right. The energy is gonna do what it's gonna do. And I think that's, that's ultimately the biggest hope for any kind of movement, personal, or otherwise. Yeah. And we get to do something about this. We get yeah. to do something about this as people who are enthusiastic, who have been through their deepest challenges, the deepest darkness that you hope that you'll ever have in your life. Um, and and that you would never want anybody else to have to go through. Well, I believe in you and I'm just going along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more than that. You're more than just going along for the ride. You are a warrior unto yourself you really are you never give up and that's inspiring thank you yeah well thanks a lot everybody for joining us on this hump day edition hump day slash anniversary wedding anniversary <laughs> 15 years um and it's just been a heck of a journey and we thank everybody who has been a part of it who has championed us and continues to champion us all of the people i can't name all of you but you know who you are on our, our facebook page and our instagram page and 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 the big the big donors the big uh contributors to this wide wonder journey eating recovery center inside behavioral health 
And of course, our family members, mm -hmm. the ones closest to us, the ones who know us, the ones who, who got on the bus with us. they got on the bus with us, people who just championed us through this process of creating Wide Wonder, um, the McGinnises, we love you, our, you know, our families, Anton and Michelle, and, and the, the ones who are, have left us, who are still around us, like, like Francine, your mother, and um, the spirit and the energy of all those who love us. Thank you for that. And um, we'll see you next time on the bus. Um, we're headed to Philadelphia. Very excited. Hope you guys can join us on the 9th. Look us up on the uh, widewonder.life website. We also have Instagram, we also have Facebook, and we have YouTube. So get on the bus with us, won't you? And dreamers unite, let's change the world. Thank you, Robin, for getting on the bus or staying on the bus as it goes. I'm so grateful for our marriage and everything we've created. Most importantly, the greatest creations of all, Lily and Chloe. And thank you for all your love and support that you've given me. I could not do this life or this journey on Wide Wonder without you. It's also very important that we thank our sponsor, Eating Recovery Center and Insight Behavioral Health, who provide the very best care to patients, families, and providers of care in the treatment of and recovery from eating disorders and related conditions. I've been familiar with this company for over five years and they are simply the best. They have the number one doctors in the world for eating disorder, period. Of course, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for joining us and continuing to support us. We certainly appreciate you and we would really appreciate a review on iTunes. Also remember to follow Wide Wonder on the web at widewonder.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Until next time we get on the bus, I'll leave you with my favorite Chinese proverb. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. <laughs>